0: Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein. Welcome to All That Matters, our weekly positivity podcast. I'm always so glad to have so many listeners sharing. It feels like we're on this journey towards uncovering the good stuff, you know, because life can be this good. And everyone's deserving of the good stuff we just have to look at it and one of the things we do is reframe life on this weekly podcast how might you let the world know you are happy another question put another way i suppose what would you say if you were content with life even with all its ups and downs and challenges how might you express that I'm going to tell you about a woman who can teach all of us from her viewpoint a thousand years ago. Right now, I just want to mention, if you log into jangoldstein.com, I hope you'll check out my earliest books, my the early nonfiction books, Life Can Be This Good and Sacred Wounds. They're two nonfiction books that someone I have not seen in years let me know this week helped her through the darkest times in her life and that meant so much to touch anyone's life with something you've created of course is meaningful Um, but to know that it helped her through difficult times so I hope you'll check those out and I hope uh, if you haven't had a chance yet to discover one or more of my novels I hope you'll you'll look at them there of course you can pick them up at Amazon or anywhere Uh, in the world you find books online or in stores but uh, one of my books the bride will keep her name is currently in development as a film and again I want to thank you for telling your family and friends about this podcast we have listeners across the world but it means so very much to me that you enjoy it enough or you find meaning in it enough to reach out and tell a family or a friend uh, family member or a friend um, about it and that they tune in and uh, we share in this uh, ongoing journey. Speaking of novels, it's been said, and not by me, but it's been said that I, I write in my novels, I write believable women. And that's not my mom talking, that's from reviewers, some of whom had first assumed actually with my non-gender indicating first name of Jan, could be either way, that I must be a woman. Uh, several who have gifted me with blurbs, the kind you put on the back of a physical book or on websites over the years, including several best-selling female authors, have said the same thing. And I'll tell you why that means a lot to me. It's To the extent that it is true, it's wholly due to the astonishing women of my life my mom, my grandmother, my wife, the females who have directed me in theater from a young boy onward, many of my teachers who encouraged me to create art, pursue my music and theater and writing, and my daughters all who have gifted me knowledge and emotional understanding and wisdom to allow me to find my way to female characters in a similar fashion. I imagine to a, to a female writer who has learned from and intuited maleness from the men in her life. So we learn from the people who impact us. And I have had a lot of female teachers and I suppose you soak all that in and that when you're creating a novel, you are able to put that back out there, but it's only because of the rich sources I've been able to draw on. You know, my mom was first in teaching me about a female take on the world, a a certain perspective, and the weaving of words into art was a gift she gave me something she did as a poet to great effect, not the least of which was its impact in shaping me. And for many reasons this week, including being keenly aware of the women of the Ukraine and the role they are playing in a struggle against a war being waged by a power-driven male, I consider those who have, like my mother, used their art and soul to move others with the gift of their pen. And that has led me to a surprise discovery of someone I knew nothing about. Murasaki Shikibu was born in 978 in Kyoto, Japan. And she died some 40 years later. A Japanese writer and lady-in-waiting Generally considered the greatest work of Japanese literature is a work she wrote and a thought to be the world's oldest full novel. So she's the the world's oldest female novelist, oldest, having created the oldest full novel that we have in Western and Eastern literature. And it was called The Tale of Genji thought by many to be the first novel in the history of world literature. As I say, and it was written in the 11th century. Now, Lady Morisaki lived during an era that was remarkable for its poetry and its diaries, and fiction beginning to be produced by court ladies. It was said of them that there was a sensitivity to nature and the art of love that did not come from the male, writers of the time, and that Lady Murasaki was the leader of that movement. The men wrote, it is said, in an awkward and scholarly Chinese at the time, those writing in that part of the world, but the the women writing at that time developed a script more suitable to the Japanese language. And in succeeding periods when War became the prevailing occupation of men, seemingly everywhere. Then these tales written by Lady Murasaki and others uh, were replaced by popular tales of the bravery of the samurai warrior, and those were penned by men. And they would all but obliterate any of the writings of Lady Murasaki and other court ladies of the time. Women of Japan didn't dominate the arts after that. But the sensibilities of writers like Murasaki Shikibu continue to press their influence over Japanese literature in later years. And it's sort of fascinating. Lady Murasaki is said to have grown up in a home. Her father was a uh, a, uh, a local authority. And her ability to both read and study Chinese made her father say, uh, it is reported, that he wished she had been born a man. Because in those times, only men rose in authority uh, and in recognition. And yet... I feel Lady Murasaki, like my mom, like so many of the women in my life who've had such powerful influences, had an influence in her time. In the tale, and again, it could be Genji or Genji, I should learn about that, and I will. I make that pledge to you. Uh, covers, in this book, uh, this novel, it covers the lifespan of the brilliant prince and his many romances. This prince is Murasaki Shikibu's ideal of manhood. He is gentle, he is poetic, he is stunningly handsome, and above all, a tender lover. Now, women of the world will have to determine if that reflects the men in their life. Gentle, poetic, stunningly handsome, and above all, a tender lover. But I remind all of us, as we think of Lady Murasaki's creation, that art, and in this case novels, doesn't always reflect the world as it always is, but it does reflect how it could be, how we dream of it, how we would wish it would be, the kind of man this woman wished would be in her life. Yes, men create all kinds of women, some of whom I hope come off the page as real, and I'm touched when people tell me mine do, but they also create women that are stereotypes, and it works both ways, I understand that. But Lady Murasaki was expressing a dream a thousand years ago of the way the world could be, and she looked at the world with a certain perspective to which she aspired. Would that there were more gentle, poetic, and tender individuals in the world, I think she was saying. Men and women. Though, from my experience, women have a massive head start in this area. Murasaki's writing was required reading for court poets as early as the 12th century as her work began to be studied by scholars. And in the 17th century, her work became emblematic of Confucian philosophy and women were encouraged to read her books. Yes, when it came to poetry, Murasaki Shikibu wrote in what is called a waka form, which is similar to haiku. It actually preceded haiku and uh, became the ideal poem in brief. It grew into an art of brevity, and that takes me to one of her Waka poems, which are all of five lines. One said, rare, the light shining from the moon upon this wine cup. In our grasp, let it circle for a thousand years. That's the whole Waka poem, rare. Rare. The light shining from the moon upon this wine cup, in our grasp, let it circle for a thousand years. And now a thousand years have passed, and like a light shining from a thousand years ago, Murasaki's art touches us today. With another poem that helps us glimpse happiness through a perspective only she could teach us, and this is what I asked you at the beginning. How might you express contentment if others were asking you about your life with all its ups and downs? She wrote, My place in the world, why should it bring me grief? Mountain cherry, blossom in my sight, were it ever so. Murasaki is saying, with all the challenges she faced as a woman in her day, as all the challenges of being accepted as an artist, of having served in the court, serving her empress, later following her uh, into retirement, having a marriage that lasted only briefly. With all of her challenges, she looked at her life, was able to position herself in such a way to say my place in the world Why should it bring me grief? Mountain cherry, blossom in my sight, were it ever so. With all the challenges she viewed in life and her place in the world, she looked at it with a lifted cup. Why grief should overtake her when there is mountain cherry and blossom in her sight, the joys of nature and nurture? Were it ever so, she says. And I can say the same to each of us. May we look at the struggles we may be in right now. Look at the challenges in our own lives. And still find a way to look at the world. Your place in the world. Not with grief, but with a raised cup. To notice a flower or to notice a blossom in your sight, and to recognize that you are still blossoming. Were it ever so, may it be so. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters.